What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into the show, fun fact, this podcast was born out of a newsletter that we started way back in 2012. People really seem to like it, and we think you will too. It's a quick hit list of 10 things we've discovered recently that we love. Everything from recipes to beauty products to books to tools to truly anything that excites us. We send it every Monday. We do take some holidays off, and it's free. Sign up at a thing or two hq.com. Here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. You should definitely be following us on Instagram. If you're not, we have... A lot going on there these we days. We have new programming. Yeah, we have new programming. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely do have new programming. You're right. Um, Every Monday, lots of thingies ideas for people who want some more thingies in their lives. But tell you what. It's quite fun. It's quite fun. It's quite I look fun. forward to it. I have this thing that keeps coming up in my life. Here's what I'll say. Chris has a thing. I didn't know how powerful it was. I'm learning that it has more power than I initially Chris has gave. five words. They are super powerful. Well, which is okay, so of sorts. I'm going to yeah. start. I'm just going to start. I'm going to rewind here to like probably late 2020, early 2021. Okay. Yeah. I'm catching up with an old friend from high school and like haven't really talked to him since the pandemic started. And I'm like, how are you? How was your pandemic? He was like, actually, it was incredibly lonely. And I'm kind of blame your husband like, what are you talking about? He's like, powerful. Wow. To blame (laughs) your entire pandemic experience on Christmas. And And to not be you or Cam, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, where is this going? He's like, well, you know, my pandemic, I wasn't dating anybody. I was totally single. My roommate had been like casually dating a girl. And as soon as we went into lockdown, basically moved in with her. So it was just me and my keyboard. I basically just learned piano by myself all of lockdown. He's like, what does this have to do with Chris? He was like, well, when we got together over Thanksgiving in 2019, I was telling Chris about how I like really wanted to meet someone. So I was on the apps and I was dating all these people. And he was like, no, 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 that's not the right approach. You got to clear a path for love. And I was like, clear a path for love. I was like, <laughs> immediately was like, oh, yes, I have heard this incredibly <laughs> like dad speak phrase from Chris. Before. I know this incantation. And I've like yeah. <laughs> heard him say it to other people. I've always just LOL'd at it. He, I had a vague 
awareness that he credits clearing a path for love for our relationship. So BJ's like, Chris told me, you know, I'd break up with all these people, clear a path for love to like really find someone I'm serious about. It resonated. So I went home, I broke up with all these people I was dating and then we go into lockdown and I got nothing. And I, and I was like, I can see how that backfired. So we LOL'd about it, went on with our life. I do believe that BJ now has a serious partner. So it, it worked out for him. He cleared a path for love. It just took, it, he, he didn't clear a path for the pandemic while clearing a path for love. Yeah. He didn't it time po- it well. It, it was poorly timed. fault because Chris gave yeah. this advice Thanksgiving 2019. No one knew. No one knew. No one knew. The NBA didn't know. Tom Hanks didn't know. How could we? I checked with Chris and he said, I apologize to BJ as soon as you told me that story. As soon as I found <laughs> out, I got in touch. And I was like, I am so sorry. Which is not to say he doesn't stand by the concept. In fact, I found out last night after asking him about this that he... I think feel stronger about the concept than ever. And I don't think I realized how seriously he takes the concept. And we will play a voice memo at the end of this of me interviewing him about this concept over dinner last night. But there's more. There's a chapter two to this. I saw a friend last fall who had been dating a hot young thing, really enjoying it. I think when I saw her, they'd probably been in it like a year. She was recently divorced. So this was like very fun thing for her. And she was really having fun. Yeah. She was liking it. She was like, yeah, this she is was different. It. This is different. Listen, if you're going to get divorced in your mid to late thirties, date a hot young thing as your yeah, first, totally. first, that's, first order that's of some business. Advice, and yeah. then <laughs> you can clear a path for love. Right. <laughs> she's t- catching me up on how it's going. And she's like, yeah, I'm like really having a good time, but I sort of feel like he's not serious about it. And if I'm honest with myself, I do kind of want to get married again and have kids. And so I'm trying to figure out what I do because I know if I broke up with him right now, I'd be sad. And at the same time, that's probably not what I want long term. And I am the type of person who's like, just have fun. Don't break up with him. But I had to really channel a wiser POV in this moment. And so I did tell her, I was like, you know what Chris would say? Chris would say, you have to clear a path for love. And I gave her the spiel. And we left lunch. We went on as far as I knew. She did not break up with him. And that was like six months ago. And then this weekend, I get a text message from her. And it just said, I have cleared a path for love. (laughs) I was like, wow. Wow. I couldn't believe it. So I called her later to catch up on it. And she was like, I just feel a little sad, but mostly relieved. And honestly, over the last six months, I just could not shake this concept. She was like, it just kept coming back to me and it felt really right. And so I did it and I feel much better. Wow, I guess more people need to hear this. Can you explain what Chris means by clearing a path for love? Yeah, the way he describes it is a lot of people, when they're in a place where they realize that they want to be with somebody, either already are or embark on a process of sort of casually dating a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's a lot of low-level noise. And mm. it, you can't hear. It's like a distraction. It's a distraction. So you think you're like going through this process of trying to find people, but in fact, like you're not actually opening up the time and the space for you to A, find the person and B, recognize the person when they come along. I think he's just like, it's, it's fine to casually date a lot of people, but if you actually want to find a partner, stop that. Say goodbye to all the people who you're not serious about. Only engage with people who you are actually serious about. Or think you could be serious about. Yeah, right, right, right. Once you've mm-hmm. decided one way or another, once you've figured out whether yeah. someone could be someone you're serious about or not, then yeah. yeah, make a decision. Yeah, and he says that that's where he was at when when he was dating me, which I think is another way of him letting me know, like, you know, I dated a lot of people before you. 
maybe. I don't know. In your telling this, I'm realizing one of my friends, mm-hmm. I think she cleared a path for love. And I don't know if she would frame it that way. Mm-hmm. But certainly there was a point where she was like, I want to be in a serious relationship. I want to like eliminate the noise of the dickhead ex-boyfriend who yes. kept coming sort of back in and out of the picture. Yes. I want to not like these casual whatever office romances or whatever other things were going on. She shut it all down. Yes. Yes. I think you do see a lot of people maybe doing it almost without the mantra, if you can imagine. If you could <laughs> if apply you can imagine. I just liked it because it was the first time that I saw Chris as like a goony self-help influencer on Instagram. I was like, oh, this would be your thing. This totally. Would be your I, thing. You could see the Tim Robbins <laughs> of it all. Like you exactly. could just see it. Clear a need. path for love. I was just surprised because I really always kind of just made light of it. But apparently it really has resonated for some people. And then further, Chris apparently takes it quite seriously if this dinner time interview is any any indication. What do you think the hype exercises are in this scenario? Mm-hmm. I've closely studied the Tony Robbins documentary and I know I've watched have. it multiple times. I had a weird obsession with it. So I can only picture just a lot of jumping up and down in a ballroom and clapping. You think it would be physical? And some dancing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm imagining is the hype up exercise. What were you imagining? I'm picturing more visualization. I'm picturing oh. more visualization mm-hmm. for this. Interesting you should say that. I I can't be sure, but I think there was actually some visualization mentioned in Chris's briefing last night. Because I think Tony Robbins is all about motivation and mm-hmm. like power and what, yeah. I don't know, you know more than me. I'm just spitballing here. Uh-huh. But this is about like freeing your mind and like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. creating space. And oh, I see. So you're clearing the 405 at rush hour. Yeah. You're like, it's the 405, it's I rush hour. See. And you're like yeah. getting, pushing all the cars off to the exit. Uh-huh. And like suddenly now you have this clear path. I think that's pretty good. Do you want to collaborate with him on this like $45 PDF? Yeah, I would like to have... Four to six percent equity, I think. Great. I think, you know, there could be something to it. I do also think, and Chris mentioned, you can apply this to more than just love. You could apply it to career. Totally. You could apply it to really anything you want in life. You just got to cut out the low level noise that's getting in the way. Get rid of the hum. This is this is when I that's really way started worse to unclear a path for love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I just, when he started to talk about the different applications in your life, that's when I really started to be able to see his potential as a snake oil salesman. You pictured the world tour. You pictured the PDF. You pictured <laughs> the app I pic- for tracking. I- <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just, you know, something to take with you for free. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> Thank you so much to Fast Growing Trees for sponsoring this episode. So not to brag, but I have a couple of fast growing trees at my home. I have uh, a red bud whose time is here. It is spring. Let's go. Red spring bud. is I'm springing ready for you. Spring. Yes. Is springing. Because I am a millennial, I also have a fiddle leaf fig. She's beautiful. Over the weekend, I identified my my newest uh, or, or my next acquisition. From you added to trees. cart. You added to cart. Tell me. Yeah. So it's going to be a Norfolk Island pine. And here's Ooh. why. Well, if you had me at Island Pine. I'll tell well, you that. So here's the thing. So I, I was at a friend's house and she had a pine, an indoor pine. And I was like, wow, there's something that feels like weirdly sort of like West Coast about this, like having yeah. a pine indoors. I can't explain it, but I was super into it. But also she was like, yeah, at Christmas time, it's really fun to decorate because it's a pine. So you of put course. the ornaments on it. And I was like, 
I am sold. I love it. You're ego conscious. You're, you're, yeah, you're doing all the things. Wow. Because I also just think you don't see pines indoors that much. A fiddle leaf fig, for example, like you can't walk into anywhere these days and there's not a fiddle leaf fig, which I love a fiddle leaf fig, but like this. But now you got to do something a little unexpected too. Yeah. I'm there. So that's what's coming next to my home. I'm adding to cart and I'm excited about it. Fastgrowingtrees.com's plants experts curate thousands of easy to grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate. Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home, right? But sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. No problem. With fastgrowingtrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Maybe you need a fiddle leaf. Maybe you need a pine. Who can say? Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around with fastgrowingtrees.com. You order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. And with Fast Growing Trees, 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. Join over 1.5 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash a thing or two now to get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowing trees.com slash a thing or two. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. The thing that my husband and I have been talking a lot about is a television show. Um, Yeah. My Kind of Country Mm. on Apple TV. Mm -hmm. I've never cared about a music competition show in my life. I don't think I've even seen a single episode of American Idol, not even when American Idol was heyday, right? Really? When I saw a tra- the trailer to this show with, and mm-hmm. the trailer featured Casey Musgraves and Reese Witherspoon, so they really knew what they were doing. But it was um, also the type of trailer that you hate, and it was misleading. Oh, deeply In misleading. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler: like Casey Musgraves and and Reese Witherspoon are not on the show except mm-hmm. in the two part finale. They're producers, though, and the whole framing was basically like more or less like country so white. Why can't this genre be more representative and inclusive of the fact that? So many people have rural experiences around the mm-hmm. world. And so many people have the experiences that are meant to be conveyed in country music. Um, Sorry if this is a dumb question, but is that what defines country music, like a relationship to a rural existence? I'm probably not the expert mm-hmm. on this. What's really perceived to be the backbone of country music is this idea of three chords and the truth. So it's like the simplicity of like talking about an authentic human experience. It's sort of like, if not universal, then Mm -hmm. a widely understood experience in like a direct, straightforward way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this show is hosted by Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Mm -hmm. Allen, and Orville Peck. Mickey Guyton, we've talked about Mickey Guyton on the podcast before. She's the first Black woman to ever be nominated for a Grammy in the country category. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Allen is a very popular black male country artist. And Orville Peck is a out gay country artist who wears a mask. Have you seen Mm -hmm. his like, Mm -hmm. and he has like, exactly. He has like Mm -hmm. very specific and cool styling and Mm -hmm. aesthetic in general. Mm -hmm. So they're the three scouts on this show. Okay. And they, and they all have 
aspects of their identity that are traditionally not part of the country music cut out. Exactly. They have like fought for their space in this Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And so they are the scouts who are helping to bring in other people who have not traditionally been welcomed into country music. Okay. So they have pulled artists from around the world, a lot from South Africa, I will say, where Orville Peck is. Because Orville Peck is from South Africa, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. But but it's still unclear how so Why? many artists are from South Africa. I mean, it's an English-speaking country. This, you know, this helps. But that, that doesn't really explain it. I thought there'd be more from Australia because also I'm just urban. Like that oh, whole right, bit of it. right. Yeah. They each brought on five talents that they scouted. And mm-hmm. the thing about it is the show is like, a very like American produced music competition show, mm-hmm. but it almost has a British energy in that it feels supportive. There's not this like just fake fucking drama of like, mm-hmm. oh, let's like figure out how to drag people down. Mm-hmm. And when they kick people off, they don't give them the feedback of like what you did wrong. You're fired. No, there's no you're fired. <laughs> there's no Tom thought this had too much salt in it. Mm-hmm. There's no like any of that. It's mm-hmm. just we love you. We think you're amazing. We think you have so much promise. Thank you. And is it the judges who decide who goes or is there a vote? The judges vote? decide. Streaming. Okay. Exactly. The judges decide. Okay. But part of what's interesting when I was realizing when I was watching this is that at some point, Mickey Guyton says that, you know, she did one of these types of shows and never felt like anybody gave a shit about her. Mickey Guyton was on American Idol, but was like cut before the live shows. Okay. Before like she was cut before the final 24. Mm-hmm. So she had like had the American Idol experience. Mm-hmm. And Casey Musgraves, who is one of the producers, placed seventh on season five of Nashville Star. So it's also just hmm. fascinating to see a show that is being made by people who competed on these shows mm-hmm, that were mm-hmm. like at that point in the entertainment trajectory. But this show like had me, had us like right out of the gate in the first episode, this Indian guy, Dhruv Visvanath, sang a cover of Ring of Fire that I have now listened to the like YouTube of it like nine times. Like, Is he Indian American? No, he's from India. He's from India. Okay. Yeah. And there and are they, Americans- And they fly these people over to the U.S. to- to film to or they go okay okay yeah okay. so it's all taking place in nashville okay. there are a few americans on the show but okay there are definitely more south south africans than there are americans i mean this is so smart who paid for this this is so smart for the country music right it's so yeah. good it's like a hello sunshine production for sure okay. and it's just like the judges are all really charming everybody it's just like so compelling the whole thing mm-hmm. it's great um the finale has not come out when we're recording this but I'm excited for that whole experience. And there's also just, there have been just interesting conversations about who to keep on the show and how to think about it and negotiating the who is ready to make it in country music right now versus like what they want the future of country music to be like. And so sort of navigating that whole thing too of like what what their vision is versus what the reality is. There was also this really wonderful moment there is a non-binary contestant on the show, is May, And there was a moment where pronouns came up with the judges that it made me like nervous, you know, in that like chest mm-hmm. punchy way of like, how is this going to be handled? Mm-hmm. So Mickey and Orville are talking to Jimmy who who's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And he says something after they explain being non-binary and, and choosing they, them pronouns. He said, no one has ever explained it to me and I don't really need to understand. And then he says in reference to they, them pronouns, if that's what you say, that's what it is. Mm. Hmm. Which just felt like this perfectly straightforward, succinct grasp of mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if I get it or not. Mm-hmm. What matters is you want this. I'm doing it. That's it. 
If only everybody if could have only, that Only, Claire. Like it was yeah. truly like a 45 yeah. second moment on the yeah. show. And it just felt like it was like perfectly handled and could be used to teach. Yes. <laughs> like all of this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If that's what you say, then that's what it is. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. We have also been embracing our inner country stars with some cowboy boots. Oh my gosh. There is a You're country- wearing them today. I'm wearing them today. I'm really trying to embrace this. This company called Shalo makes cowboy boots. The name translates from Hindi to let's go. And it's founded by this woman, Matali Gupta, who the like story of this is just so good. It's really, yeah. This is from their site. In the early 90s, my father, nicknamed Waldo because he was always MIA, opened a small leather factory in North India that made cowboy boot uppers, the decorative upper portion of cowboy boots. So like the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the stitched yeah. leather portion. Yeah. And so now today she's making cowboy boots that embrace her family's history and they're made in India. And it's just like this whole cool thing. And the styles are very, they're like, they're definitely authentic classic cowboy boots, but they're sort mm-hmm. of modern and pared down. They're very cool. They bring to mind the sort of Isabel Morant style of the early aughts that was happening. Like if you were like, think Emmanuel Alt in a point. Yes. Boot. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But they don't feel like buying like a fashion cowboy boot. They're, they're a true cowboy boot. Yeah. They, they don't are. feel like a yeah. Gucci cowboy boot. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> to me. Yes. I really liked the Brie Larson cover story for Harper's Bazaar that was like very cowboy boot heavy, like tons of cowboy yes. boots. Yes. And it made me just feel more compelled to wear cowboy boots in my everyday life, which, mm-hmm. you know, witnessed I've been trying to do today. She's got like a whole baggy pant tucked into a boot situation, which looked especially good with like a black pant and a black boot or a white pant and a white boot. Can we talk about cutting citrus for a second? <laughs> we can't. We absolutely can't. You know, I just feel like somehow this is not the first or probably even the second time we've talked about cutting citrus. Definitely. Probably not. Probably definitely not. The, at least the third, fourth or fifth time we're talking about cutting fruit, period. Yes. Feels like us. <laughs> it does feel like us. Okay. Do you follow Samuel Killis on Instagram? I do. I knew him for his vibe, but I didn't really know what he did or what his thing Please was. Please explain to me because I also don't know that. I'm just going to read to you his bio because it captures it so well. And I had to practice a lot of restraint by not copy pasting the entire bio in the show notes because he, his website does a really beautiful job of capturing his style. But the succinct version is that he's a documentary photographer and filmmaker who showcases individual habitats in their communities, highlighting the beauty found in both unique and everyday places and people that live in them. Basically, he has this really idiosyncratic style that captures culture really, really well and really, really beautifully. And that feels different from I think a lot of travel photography on Instagram. Now there's more like it because he's been so influential, but he captures these really mundane quotidian moments a lot. Sometimes like real close-ups often feels like he's zooming in from afar on a really subtle interaction between two people or like a moment or somebody sleeping or whatever. He does, I associate him a lot with coastal Italy, but he Mm. travels all over the world. Some of his best work is showing like couples interacting with each other, like older couples, younger couples. It's just these like small, intimate moments that are really sweet. It feels almost a little bit of like it's a mashup between subway hands and Mm. parts unknown. Mm, Wow. And the thing that really captured my attention recently was this series of videos that he posted from Mexico showing hands cutting a grapefruit in the style that I had never seen before. And I'm going to do my best to describe it without the assistance of visuals 
but I, I, I saw it I'm going to need your feedback. And watched it like nine times also, so I can provide okay. feedback. Yes, and please, input. please yes. help. So basically, you have let's say picture that, a grapefruit. Yes, picture <laughs> the 405, and then picture just a grapefruit on the 405. <laughs> you start by slicing off a side of the grapefruit. You're cut off a piece horizontally from the side. So not the top or the bottom. You're almost just cutting a little circle off the side. Then what you start doing is just cutting into it in an angle so that you are cutting into the entire fruit at an angle in a spiral. Yeah. But you don't Would cut you the pieces off. You no. let them hang on by a thread, basically. Let them hang on by a, a piece of rind, correct? If you are one of these Mexican street vendors, yes. Yeah, I, yeah. If you have the talent for it. Yeah. I have been doing a very poor imitation of this. And they do a beautiful thing where it becomes, yes, this long string of sort it's of- It's like a garland. Yes, it's a garland. That's almost like a spiral unwinding yes. of the grapefruit. Yes. But the true genius of this technique is that each piece of fruit that you are getting has no pith whatsoever hitting your mouth, if that makes sense. I, it does make sense. Okay. I haven't actually done it with a grapefruit yet just because I haven't had a grapefruit, but I've been doing it with oranges and I absolutely love it. Previously, I felt like I had hit peak citrus cutting because I had started cutting my oranges as slices. So like instead of doing boats, I was yes. doing circles sort of. Uh -huh. cut and then half. were you cutting the circles in half? Yes. Yes. So, so like half, half moons. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of a wedge. And yeah. this yeah. is I great. don't like a wedge. I do not like a yes. wedge. Yes. Well, so this is great. One, it's it's a much cleaner way to eat. But two, because you are cutting latitudinally instead of longitudinally, you are, again, getting very little pith. No pith, really. But this new technique is even more superior. The avoidance of pith becomes all the more critical in a grapefruit versus Absolutely. You know what this, the appeal of this for me is really, I hate peeling oranges me and too. I hate the smell on my hand. Mm, and I know people love it. I know like my sister-in-law is like, I think the smell of orange peel on your hand is one of the greatest scents in the world. I hate really? it. Really? Yeah. I don't, I, I think I don't like any I, scents that don't wash off well. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. That's interesting. I mean, I don't, I really don't like eating a peeled orange. I will do it because I love citrus, but to me, it feels like the last choice. The last appealed, a, a, appealed, yeah, appealed, appealed. Yeah, yeah, like an actual section of an orange. You reminding me in all the citrus conversation that we are approaching, like in the, almost right up against pixie season in Ojai, California, which I need to place my order for my Ojai pixie party. I'm surprised which, it's this late. I thought it was earlier in the year. I know it's so the first week of it is April 10th and it go, and it runs through May 15th, at least according to tangerinemanstore.mybigcommerce.com where I buy my pixie party from. So basically this is a nine pound box of Ojai pixies, which are like the local clementine mm -hmm. and Haas avocados. And mm. it is just an absolute delight. But the part of why I, I like a Pixie or a Clementine or Cutie or whatever the other brands yes. are so much is the peeling is just easier and simpler. Yes. And I do like a little like Clementine segment. I do enjoy that. 
but I it's understand not that I, your. It's thinking. not that I dislike it. I truly. It's just I, not your preferred. I love citrus so it's much. It's not your mode. But it's not, yeah. yeah, it's not my mode. All of this makes me think about the tradition in general, but also specifically these essays from Priya Krishna and Connie Wang, who wrote about in Asian culture, cut fruit being this form of a love language that both of them grew up with parents who would cut fruit every night after dinner and sometimes cut it in these really elaborate ways and that how you cut it it impacts how it tastes and makes it taste better. And so going through the process of cutting fruits in this specific way is, is a form of love. And there's this great quote from Connie's essay. She says, cut fruit is a gift. Life is filled with bitter and hard things. When you extract pits, pits and peels, fruit becomes an accessible and reliable source of pure sweetness, only softness. Which is what Only I'm looking softness. for. Mm-hmm. Really speaks to my <laughs> refusal to engage with the pith. Thanks so much to Air Up for sponsoring this episode. You know when you want to enjoy a cold drink and your options are either something with lots of sugar or boring plain water? If you want to stay properly hydrated and conscious of your health, it feels like there's no in-between, right? Well, here's something that'll blow your mind. Air Up, the first drinking system that flavors water through scent. Impossible? Nope. Air Up is the world's first water bottle that harnesses the power of retronasal smell to bring flavor to water through scent. You're just drinking plain water, but enjoying a flavorful beverage. From watermelon and peach to wild berry, there is a flavor pot everyone will love. Drink water like never before, thanks to Air Up. Get the best of both worlds, tasty flavors, and all the benefits of water today by clicking the Air Up link in the description. Thanks so much to Skims for sponsoring today's episode. I feel like, Claire, you and I have been hearing from friends for years and years how obsessed they are with Skims and that, like, everybody's just, like, so into this line. It's definitely one of the, like, early celebrity lines where people were like, no, but it's not just the celebrity line. It's, it's actually like, actually good. good. It's actually, it's actually good. good. Yeah. And I feel like my thing has always been, like, I don't know where to start. Like, there's mm-hmm. there are, like, a lot of tempting things, but am I starting with a bodysuit? Like, where am I going? Where am I going? And the answer is the fits everybody underwear. It's, like super comfy, super stretchy. The whole thing is that it like stretches to be twice its size. So it never cuts into you. You know what I mean? Where it like cuts Mm -hmm. into your hip and you have that Mm -hmm. line and it's terrible. I'm super into the dipped front thong. Um, I love a thong, but also a comfy thong is Mm -hmm. not the easiest thing to come by. And this checks all of those boxes. So if you need a place to start, it is the fits everybody underwear. I feel like I'm going to finally revisit a thong because I'd completely given up on them. But you and other people have said that this is a really comfy thong. It's comfy, comfy. Skims is a solution-oriented brand creating the next generation of underwear, loungewear, and shapewear for everybody. The Fits Everybody collection of underwear are lightweight, form-fitting essentials. The buttery soft fabric molds to your body and stretches to twice its size. It's offered in a range of cuts and fits, from underwear and bras to dresses, t-shirts, and bodysuits. Available in sizes XXS to 4X and offered in nine core colorways and limited edition seasonal colors. Believe the hype. This collection has over 90,000 five-star reviews for a reason. Skims fits everybody and more best-selling essentials are available now at skims.com plus get free shipping on orders over 75 dollars all at skims.com something i wanted to tell you about i don't think we've talked about me so joe holder Mm -hmm. trainer extraordinaire (laughs) q fitness columnist extraordinaire friend of the pod 
friend of the pod, trained uh, me for guest the marathon, of the pod, guest exactly. of the pod, yeah. guest of the pod. He mm-hmm. posted something on Instagram last fall, and it was just a post that said, "No alcohol, no caffeine. Thirty minute workout, three to five times. Get seven to nine hours of sleep. Take naps or meditation breaks and breathers. Limit phone usage. Hydrate. Eat whole foods and limit added sugars. Do this one week out of every month. You'll feel a million times better. Your quote reboot." And he poses his like a first of the month challenge Mm -hmm. and said, this is just a baseline, like do whatever, you know, you want or that's helpful to you. And the general premise is that you don't have to go to some faraway place to put yourself through a reboot, nor does the framework have to be overly onerous. And I liked this like idea basically of focusing on doing more of the things that make you feel good and less of the things Mm -hmm. that make you feel bad and Mm -hmm. not making it a cleanse and not making it like whatever, just being like, oh, for a week, a month, I'm going to do these things. And that can be just sort of like a baseline Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. a reminder that, yeah, that like what works for you, like the figuring out what works for you of Mm -hmm. it all. And I just, I also liked the framing of like eat whole foods and limit added sugar, like whatever. It's like Mm -hmm. not like an all or nothing sort of thing. I do not do the no caffeine thing because I get yeah. caffeine headache, withdrawal headaches, and that just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's like worth it to me. I dove into the comments of this post Please. and the most popular one was related to the caffeine. Everybody being like, I will get an insane headache. How would yes. I do that? His yes. response was basically like, either don't take out caffeine or consider switching to a low caffeine tea the, and see this is if a good that's reference. something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is a really good reference. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a week, a month since the beginning of the year. And I've been trying to plan it around like, yeah, like times where I don't have a celebratory mm-hmm. birthday dinner or right. trip or like something going on. Mm-hmm. But also it's kind of nice when something pops up. It's like been good for me to have something pop up where it's like, oh, I would normally want to drink or I would like, you know, typically yeah, I mean, like I think- stay up too late or like that's like the point, right? I mean, you have to be able that's to like part of your life point. through yes. these things mm-hmm. and to have a challenge and to be like, oh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And this happened to fall during a week when Thomas had somehow convinced me to go to a concert that doors were at 10 and like the first act didn't go ultimately go on until 1 a.m. And mm-hmm. We were standing around in like a crowded cool kid bar and Mm -hmm. the people watching wasn't even as good as it should have been. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it's good to be reminded that I can do this without having some shitty drink in my hand right now. Yes. That is always the thing. It just reminds you of the moments when you think drinking is going to help something and you're like, oh, I, it was actually fine without it or it wouldn't have been a help here. Yeah, I think it's totally. very clarifying in that way when you and it's nice out. in that situation to come home and go mm-hmm. to bed and in the morning wake up and be like, well, that was like I'm fine. Yeah, like I don't yeah. feel the that mm-hmm. the effect of that is like not the same as if I had had three drinks at that thing. The other thing I like about cutting things out is having less choices for what might be making you feel like shit. Yeah, you know when you wake up in the morning and you're like, it could be that I didn't get enough sleep. It could be that I had too much to drink. It could be that I'm getting my period. It's nice. It to could just be the barometric some of pressure. It could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, the nice thing about it when I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh right, a week, a month adds up over the course of a year to three months, yeah. which is the fourth of the year. Like that feels yeah. significant. It's yeah. quite significant. It's yeah. Quite. Yeah. So you've been doing it since January. I've been doing it since January. So mm-hmm. this is the fourth month. I think this appeals to me because I like rules. And I think the black and white is easier for me sometimes than the gray area of like less of this. Like the less more lists for me, I'm like, I don't know. 
I right, know right, that's right, my right. vibe. Yeah. Right. But it's still not fully, you know, it's still 30. not fully like exactly. or dry January, a whole 30 yeah. or dry January. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Light rules. You bought us both very big bags of rice recently. I bought us both very big bags of rice. Yes. Jill Singer recommended on a thingies episode, Jill Singer, one of the of co-founders of Sight Unseen, something called the Rice Factory New York. It started with an aim to bring fresh rice to Hong Kong. And now mm-hmm. there are branches in Singapore, Taiwan, Hawaii, and in New York, in Scarsdale specifically. And the whole thing about this brand basically is that the rice is milled at the location. So it's shipped unmilled from Japan. And then they're basically just like treating rice like the perishable food that it is. So it's polished at each location and polished like when you're ordering, mm-hmm. which also means you can choose the milling, which means you can get rice that is 10% milled, 30% milled, 50% milled, 70% milled, which is like not white or brown. It's like mm-hmm. somewhere in the beige spectrum. Yep. Yep. And they're different. They're like different crops listed. And there's a whole like approval matrix style format of telling you how squishy the rice is and what well, and Which sweet. is great. It, like brown rice sometimes is just more like a grain and less yeah. mushy in a way it's that's like closer really to pharaoh to me sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. it's lovely for a soup, for example, for that yes. reason, right? Like because yeah. speaking of mushiness, like you want something a little heartier in that. Yeah. You know, and I never used to think I was a brown rice person until... A friend went right after I had cam brought over soup with brown rice. And I was like, oh, and then I really leaned into it because it's nice. So I've been getting 50% milled. I'm on my second bag now. And which is really impressive. It's a big bag. We eat, we eat a fair amount of rice in my yeah. house. We eat yeah. a fair amount of rice. And yeah, I think like somewhere it was exactly halfway between white and brown is kind of the answer for me. You get I a little that. bit of that fiber and that grip, you know, that mm-hmm. like, yeah, it holds to it holds its like form but you get the sort of like squishy comfort food of white rice. Yeah. Yeah. It's I just, love that. yeah, it's really, it, it just has been a revelation. And I'm like, oh, right. It's like the, kind of the same as the revelation of figuring out that you can order your boba by sweetness of being like 25% mm, mm-hmm. sugar. Like, oh, that's what I want. Um, Consumers take action. You're in charge. <laughs> you're in, You're charge. in charge of your rice. <laughs> you are in charge. <laughs> well, this was a delight. Indeed. All right. That's the show. This awakening for me came kind of in the middle of what I think is a very common journey for a lot of people. The first step is to realize what you really want is love. Yeah. And that you're ready to prioritize that in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think what happened to me and what I think is common for a lot of people is you realize that when you're in the course of dating a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Okay. And by the time you realize you're ready for love, you have a lot of, you know, low level busyness in your romantic life Mm -hmm. that's taking up all the room and all the space in your mind and in your heart. At this point, you're in the middle of the journey. And this is where the mantra really kicks in. Because what you need to do is clear a path. There's no point in clearing the path until you realize it's what you really want. But once you realize it's what you really want, you got to get out the machete. You got to clear the path. Break up with everybody that you're seeing casually. Yeah. Or that you don't see a future with. Yeah. I would say anybody with whom you do, you don't see that like path mm-hmm. for, you should, you know, very delicately and in, in a considered way, 
either break up with or stop seeing or, you know, be honest with or whatever. The winding down of all this stuff romantically or whatever is not easy. It's not, you know, it's hard. But what you get in exchange is hopefully extended COVID lockdown <laughs> all by yourself. Or you get to marry me. Or you get to marry you. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.